coming up. Now, how many are ready to get into God's Word today? You ready for something new? Father, I pray these next several minutes that you would just grab our hearts, tie our hearts to you, to your will, to your purposes. And Father, we thank you today that you do a new thing in us, for us, through us, do new things by your Spirit, for we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Last week, I began a series entitled Something New, and I talked to you out of Isaiah 43, I read several verses, and quite frankly, I ran through most of those verses very, very quickly because of time. And we talked a little bit about how God has not called us into this spiral of complacency, but God has called us into a vibrant relationship with Him. And in order to have a vibrant, healthy relationship with God, we have to understand that God wants to work for us, how many of you want God working for you? We want God working for us, but we also want God, number two, working in us. We need to allow him to work in us to change us from the inside out. And then third of all, God wants to work through us to touch other people, to minister to other people, to touch other lives, to make a difference in our world. And we talked, first of all, last week about God's love. We talked out of Isaiah 43 how God says, I loved you. I am your Savior. I have formed you with my own hands. And no matter what you go through, the waters, the floods, even furnaces of fire, God says, I'm going to be there with you because I'm your Savior. You are precious in my sight. I love you. I love you. How many are grateful today for God's love? Aren't you grateful for the love of God? I just can't imagine going throughout, through life without God's help. And then second of all, we talked about God's desire for us. And God said, think about all the great things I have done. Can anybody lift a hand and say, you know, God's done some pretty cool things in my life. Can I get a little bit of response this morning? I mean, God's been good to me. Look at all the things that God has done. But God says, don't mark your life by things of the past. He said, don't get tied up in yesterday's blessing and what happened back there. Because God said, I'm going to do new things. That in the wilderness areas ahead of you, in the desert areas in front of you, I'm going to step into those areas and I'm going to make ways where there was no way. And where there is weariness and where there is tired people, where there are those who are frustrated with what's going on, God says, I'm going to show up and pour out rivers. I'm going to refresh you right there in the middle of all of your challenges. But God said this to us very clearly. Don't get stuck in the past. Stop living in the past. Don't let your experiences limit your vision for the future. I appreciate what Aaron shared a few moments ago. Talking about old things that need to come back to life. Promises that maybe somewhere along the way we've released those things. We've given up on those things. God is not finished working in our lives. God says, remember what I have done but then let go of it and reach forward to the things that I'm going to do in your life. Now, I'm, I'm very much aware that there are people in this room today that you've got some big dreams, you've got some big hopes, but right now, all you can see are the obstacles in front of you. I want to get there, but I can't even see there because of the mountain, because of the, the wilderness, the darkness that I have to go through. 
Or, you know, I, I know that beyond this desert place, this weariness and this dryness, I know there's got to be a better day and there, there are things in my heart for the future, but man, there's this desert in front of me. I feel like today God wants to speak very clearly to some people in this house who are looking at limitations, who are looking at impossibilities and saying, I don't know how to get there. God says, you don't have to worry about how to get there. You just keep walking with me and I'm going to make the way and I'm going to see that you get there. We need to fasten our hearts to God because God says, I don't want you living in the old. I want to do something new in your life. How many are ready today for something new? Are you ready for something new? I am so excited about what God's about to do. And I know for a lot of us here today, this is without question a timely, timely message. So between what God has done and what God is about to do, what does God want from me right now? See, I think that's a really important question. Uh, I, I know there are some people who think, well, you should never question God. Well, I don't question God's purposes. I, I don't question that God is God. I don't question that God knows what he's doing. But there are a lot of times in my life when I stop and ask God, God, what in the world's going on here? Help me understand this. The psalmist did it. He wrote about it. He was constantly asking God questions. And I think this morning a really good question is, okay, God has done great things and we believe that God wants to do more in our lives. So between that and between that, between the past and the future, what does God want from me? Have you ever been to church and preacher preached a great message about someday God's going to and someday and someday and you leave there thinking, well, that's wonderful, but what about right now? You ever done that? See, I, I think... Let me ramble for a minute here. Can I ramble for a minute beyond my notes? This doesn't count as my time toward the message. This is just miscellaneous ramblings. See, I'm going to tell you something. I think a lot of us in church circles where we believe in God moving by his spirit in our lives every day, for us and in us and through us, I think a lot of us preachers have been guilty of painting a picture out in the future and saying, well, someday, someday there's something out there and we never define what that something is and how to get there. Well, today I'm going to talk to you from Scripture about what we do in the space between the past and the future. And last week in Isaiah 43, you don't need to turn back there. I don't even need you. Um, it may be on the screen in a moment here. I don't know. But Isaiah 43, verse 21, we read it last week. God said, I'm going to do new things. I'm going to make a way in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. I'm going to refresh my people. I'm going to do amazing things. And God said this. God said, this people I have formed for myself, they shall declare my praise. What God said was, I'm going to have a people who are going to go through great things, who are going to look forward to greater things, and all along the journey, they're going to be telling people how wonderful I am. Do you know what this service is about today? This service is about praise. What do I do between back there and up there, the past and the future? What do I do in the right now? God says, why don't you stop and praise me? Why don't you fill your life with my praise? Why don't you make known to everybody around you just how great I really am? Let them know what you've come through, how you got here. Let them know where you're going. And all along the way, praise me and the great things I have done in your life. This verse literally in the Hebrew says this. 
my people will sing songs of praise to recall just how great I've been to them. And it's, it's interesting because if you go through the Old Testament especially and you look at the word praise, you'll find that there are at least nine different words that are interpreted praise. So when you see the word praise in the Old Testament, it means something specific. It doesn't mean praise. I go to church and I sit through a service. That's praise. It's not what it means. Every single time in the Old Testament, when you see the word praise, if you look at the original writings, the root word, it means some kind of expression of praise to God. And God says, my people will go through life expressing their appreciation for the great things I've done. You know, Sunday mornings around here, we have what we call praise and worship. We almost always open our services with praise and worship. And we teach that this part of the service is God's time. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about God. We praise God. But what do we praise God for? We praise God for what he has done. We physically somehow show a sign of our appreciation to God for what he's done. We want everybody around us to know God is great. Really, praise becomes a word of celebration for the things that God has done. But then we also have a time of worship. And worship is different from praise because worship in Scripture literally means this. You get out on your knees and you bow before the king. Worship is not something you do because of what God's done. Worship is something we do because of who God is. Because he's king, he's God, he's everything to us. And we bow our lives before him. I mean, we don't ask you to get out on your knees. If you want to do that, you can do that. That's fine. But we ask you to bow your hearts and worship God for who he is and what he is. But along the way, we never want to stop expressing our praise to God. God said, I formed this people myself. I've done all these great things and I will do new things because I want them always to have something coming out of their mouth in appreciation of the things that I've done. In other words, God says, I want to keep doing things and keep doing things and keep doing things. You just keep praising me and we'll go through this journey together. That's the life God has called us to. Now, what I want to do this morning, the next few minutes... And I'm not going to preach a long time today unless I really get excited about something. Then I may stay a while. But, but I want to look at three, three places in the Psalms real quickly where it talks about praise. And look at Psalms 40, the 40th Psalm. I'm going to walk through three Psalms real quickly. We'll have the verses on the screen, but I'm going to walk through these verses real quickly. I want to show you some things that I think are important to experiencing something new in God. Psalms 40, verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me, and he heard my cry. Stop here just a moment. Do you remember when you first committed your life to God? You remember waiting on God to show up and just opening your heart and saying, God, I need you. The psalmist said, I waited for God, and he inclined to me. He turned toward me, and he heard my cry. Verse 2, it says, he also brought me out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet up on a rock, and he established my steps. The psalmist said, I remember where I was when God intervened in my life. 
I know the mess I was in and I know what he's done and the change he's made in my life and how now he's established me upon a rock, upon himself, upon his principles and upon his word. In verse 3, he says this. Notice these words. He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. I'm going to stop at that part of the verse. He's put a new song. Everybody say new song. He's put a new song in my mouth, and that song is praise to my God. You know, I remember as a young man, I guess about 19 years of age, when I went through the time in my life where I really made my decision, okay, God, I believe all of this, and I want everything that you've got for my life. I remember that commitment I made to God. I, I grew up in church, and, you know, I, I'd put my faith in God as a kid, but I remember when as a, a young adult, I made that commitment to God and said, God, my life is yours. And when I made that commitment, God came into my life in a whole different way. I mean, he came in and he just began to thrill me. I mean, it was just so exciting. The things that God began to show me, the things that God began to do, the things that I, listen closely, the things I began to wake up to. It wasn't that God hadn't already laid things in front of me. I just began to wake up to what God was trying to do. And I was so excited because all of a sudden I began to see all of life differently. My hopes, my dreams, my desire, my future, what I wanted to do with my life, what I expected out of life. Everything changed and suddenly there was a whole new attitude towards life. And I understand what the psalmist is saying here. He took me from this place and he brought me to this place. And when he did that, he gave me a whole new perspective. And my language began to change. My thinking began to change. What I said about things began to change. Everything changed. And what I used to sing changed. And I began to sing brand new songs to God. Because my expectations changed. Now, let me take one minute and do this. Because everybody in the house needs to know this. David wrote these words, and David was a musician. We know for sure he played a harp. We know that. We know he wrote hundreds of songs, many of which are recorded in God's Word. And probably from the time he was just a kid, out taking care of his dad's sheep, all those lonely hours on the hillside, you know, he was kind of the run of the litter. He was at the end of the line, and he wasn't even considered a, a prime candidate to be king by his own family. He was always out there with the sheep. But when the sheep were settled down and quiet, evidently David was sitting on those hillsides with that harp writing songs and praising God and singing songs of praise to God. And the more he talked to God and the more he praised God, the closer he got to God. And he got closer and closer and closer until one day God said, you know what? I see your heart. I've got a special place for you. I want you to be king over my people. And David began to write these psalms, and, and listen closely, at least five times, at least five times in the psalms, David talked about a new song. At this point in the psalms, he says, God has put a new song in my mouth. God's changed my tune. The words that come out of my mouth, it's different than it used to be because I see life differently now. Because of what God has done and because of what he means to me, all of my life will be filled with his praise. Now, here's the point I want to make, and I need everybody to hear this. For some of us, music comes really easy. How many people just love to sing and love music? I'm going to hold your hand up high just a minute, okay? Now, not everybody, not everybody. Because not everybody has musical talents and not really interested in music. 
But the psalmist said, man, this is the heart of my life. I love music, and I'm going to express my praise to God through music because God has put a new song in my life. Now, let me ask you today, what is it that really interests you? What is it that really drives your life? What are the passions you have about life? God says, I want to get involved in your life, and right in the middle of all of your passions, I want my praise to come out through all that you say and through all that you do with the passions of your life. What are your, what's your passion? What are you doing with your life? What do you want to do with life? What really excites you? Well, go for it, but let God's praise come out through all that you do. And, and can I just help Aaron out? Aaron's in the back back there eating donuts with the, with the musicians. He won't be able to get into his skinny jeans next week if he keeps this up. He's right there. You're not supposed to have donuts back there, that's for sure. But... You know what? Let me help Aaron out. If you can't sing and you can't play an instrument, then, then you don't need to be in the worship team, okay? I'll take the pressure off of you. But if you've got that love of music and you've got that talent and that ability, you need to be using it. Whatever your passion is, use it for the glory of God and express God's praise. But let me show you something interesting. I'm going to do this quickly. If you look at the word praise in the Old Testament, here's, here's what it means. Sometimes it's it's that. Sometimes it's this, lifting my hands and expressing my heart to God. Sometimes it's singing and praising God because God is great. Sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's just a joyful noise. It's a shout of praise. God is good. That's praise. That's praise. Sometimes it's this. I can't dance, so... Phil Collins and I have that in common. I can't dance either. I, but sometimes it's that dancing because God has been so good to me. I'm so excited about what God is doing. I danced around my office the other day. I got some news about our church that got me so excited. And I just kind of danced. God, you are so good. You are so amazing. I just couldn't contain what's going on. And if, 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 if American Idol had been watching, they would have laughed at me. But God said, I love it, son. Keep it up. Because he loves the praise. As a matter of fact, one of the words for praise means you get so outlandishly wild in your praise that you, you, you look foolish in the sight of people. It's like David dancing when his wife backed up and laughed at him and mocked him and said, boy, didn't you make a fool out of yourself today? And God says, I love it. I love it. But here's the point. We need to express praise. If praise is not physically expressed, it's not praise. Sometimes it's just the words that come out. But there's always expressions of praise that need to be given to God for what he has done. David said, with my salvation came this new song that I'm going to sing everywhere I go. Then look at Psalms 96. Psalms 96, verse number 1. David said, oh, sing to the Lord a new song. I talked about it last week. It's amazing how many people said, well, if we could just sing one more of those old songs, we might experience it again. We're not going to experience it again. We're going forward. God has new things. Thank God for yesterday. I'm thankful for what he's done. But God says, sing a new song. Sing about the new things I've done. It goes on to say, sing to the Lord all the earth. Verse 2, sing to the Lord, bless his name, proclaim the good news of his salvation. When? Day Today, 
day to day, I should be expressing my praise to God for my salvation. Day to, why? Because he didn't just give me life, he gives life and gives life and gives life and gives life. He didn't just bless me, he blesses me and blesses me and blesses me. He didn't just watch over me, he watches over me and watches over me. He didn't just go before me, he still goes before me. And I need to be praising God from day to day to day with a what? A new song. A new song. And then in verse 4, he says this, For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. How great is God in your life? How great is God? In your thinking, how great is God? Think about that. How great is God? Well, what if you decided, okay, physically, I'm going to show God how great I really think he is. That's what the psalmist said. That's why he looked at his wife and said, don't make fun of me when I praise God. If you think I'm foolish now, God's going to keep working. I'll do something more foolish in the future because God just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Great is the Lord and greatly. I want to praise him as big as he is. It's interesting. If you go back and look at that story, David's wife was cursed from that day forward. She was barren the rest of her life. Do you know why a lot of us are living spiritually barren lives? It's because there's no praise in our life. Praise opens a door to fertilization to new birth, to new things. We need to start singing some new songs about what God is doing. And then the third Psalms, look at Psalms 98. If nobody else is enjoying this today, I'm enjoying this. Psalms 98, verse 1. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done... I hate it when somebody walks up and says, what's God been doing in your life? And they put you on the spot. Uh, uh. The psalmist said, I'm going to sing a new song because God has done what? Marvelous things. You know what I think? I think it's human nature to take God for granted. That's what I think. It's human nature to have a close call and God intervenes and God saves us. God protects us out of a situation. God delivers us from something and it's like, boy, thank you, God. And then next day we forgot all about it. And somebody comes along, hey, man, what's God been doing in your life? Uh, well, I got saved in 1947 and uh, I got married in 1950 and that's kind of been so-so. But, you know, I had three kids and two of them are pretty good, but one ain't worth killing. And I don't know, you know. <laughs> That sounds like a redneck, doesn't it? <laughs> I learned that from some of my redneck friends. I wouldn't know anything about that stuff. But, but, but here's my point. We need to hang on to those things that God does, and we need to make sure we express our appreciation to God. We need to sing new songs of praise to God. And then skip down to verse 4 of Psalms 98. He says, shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. When was the last time you shouted joyfully to God for what he's doing in your life? Huh? What does it say next? Break forth in song. Rejoice, celebrate, and sing praises. Well, I can't do that. I'm in church. We're stuffy. We're proper. We're religious. No, we're not. We're in relationship with God. It would thrill me if some of you would get unstuffy and get excited about what God is doing. 
I won't call you by name, but it would sure do you some good. <laughs> Break forth in song. Rejoice and sing praises. Remember last week, God says, I'm going to do new things. He's just going to break forth. Can you imagine how it would just, just really thrill the heart of God if every now, now and then you're driving down the road in your car and just like, okay, the road's clear. Nobody's in front of me. Nobody's passing me. Oh, God, you are just so good. Just let it break forth. It thrilled the heart of God. It goes on, he says this, verse 5. Sing to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of a psalm. With trumpets and the sound of a horn, shout joyfully to the Lord. The king, he says, break out the band. Break out the band. Break out the band. Surround yourself with praise because I've done great things, but I'm going to continue to do new things in your life. Break out the praise. So many expressions of praise. Years ago, I had a friend, and he's still my friend. I just haven't seen him in years, haven't heard from him. Maybe he's not my friend anymore, but I'm, I'm still his friend. But this guy, he'd been married for, I don't know, 40 years. And he, he told me one time, his wife is sitting there, and he, he told me, he said, you know, the day I got married, I told my wife I love her. And he said, I don't tell my wife all the time I love her. I, don't, I just don't do it. Because I told her when we got married, I'm telling you today I love you, and if anything changes, I'll let you know, so don't be bugging me about it. <laughs> Now, I know it was tongue-in-cheek and he was being funny, but it's amazing how many people walk through life that way with God. God, I told you seven years ago I love you. Don't bug me with it. If anything changes, I'll tell you. And you know, sometimes in, in youth or in children's ministry, we've done some of this stuff. Sometimes on television you see it, they have a talent contest. And after everybody displays their talent, they line the contestants up and they walk along one at a time. How did you think this one did? How about this one? How about this one? How about this one? Yay! Well, this one wins because of, of the noise meter, the praise meter. I think sometimes... We look back over our shoulder, and there was a time when our praise level was, Yay, God! And now it's like... This is good. This is good preaching. <laughs> Psalms 22.3 gives us the principle that God inhabits our praise. God inhabits. What it literally means in the original writings is God comes and sits on our praise. Our praise, is this my mic doing that noise? Our praise becomes his throne. And one of the reasons why sometimes we feel like we got a little God is because we give him a little bitty throne to sit on. And we make God this big and we want God to be big enough that we can control him when we need him. Great is the Lord, greatly to be praised. He needs a big, 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 big throne. And praise is the throne upon which God sits in our lives. God inhabits the praises. And the word for praises there is the word laud, L-A-U-D, which means to sing, sing hymns, 
sing songs to God. It means to just sing songs about the greatness of God. God said, when you do that, I come and I sit on it. It becomes my throne. One of the, heart, one, one of the things deep in my heart for our church is that we can learn and understand the principle of when I come to church, I don't come to spectate, I come to participate. Our five singers in the band this morning cannot build God's throne big enough for all of us. We all have a place in doing that together. And it becomes a part of my life today and the next day and the next day in the next day. Whatever my gifts are, whatever, whatever way I want to do it, some way physically I'm expressing my praise to God, not just for what he's done, but for the wildernesses and the deserts and the new places we're going, the new obstacles in front of me, God's going to walk me through those things too. I'm praising him for the future. You see, praise initiates God's presence. Praise invites God's presence. Praise initiates and invites God's help. And there's something about people getting together and just lifting their hands and lifting their hearts and singing praise. There's something about unity. God says, where my people are gathered together in unity, not only am I there in the midst, not only am I going to do what they ask me to do, but God says, I command a blessing when my people are in unity together. And when we get together and begin to praise God, expectant praise, that touches the heart of God. Here's the point. Some of us today in this room came to church and all we can see is the wilderness and the desert in front of us. And so we sit down and just begin to say, well, that's what God is back there. No, it's time for us to rise up and praise and say, we're going to new places beyond the wilderness, beyond the desert. I'm going to take the victory. I'm going to take the life of God to those dead, dry places, and I'm going there in praise today. I'm going there in praise. As a matter of fact, we're going to praise God right now. We're not finished. It's early. I mean, it's six minutes till. How many of you know it's way too early to go home? There's no football on TV. The Masters Golf Tournament doesn't start till later this afternoon. We got plenty of time. Nobody's leaving, but we're going to get to our feet right now as the worship team comes, and we're going to sing praise to God one more time this morning. Stand to your feet if you would.
I'm so excited about what God has done and what God is about to do in us, for us and through us. This morning, before we change the order of things, maybe you're here today and maybe you've listened to this and maybe you've watched and you've thought, wow, you know, I, I could feel that. I know, I know there's something real about that. But yet maybe you've never, maybe you've, I don't want religion. We're not interested in giving you any religion, but we'd love to help you come into relationship with the God who loves you today. That you can live a life where he's involved in everything going on day by day by day, working for you and in you and through you. It can all begin today if you just open your heart to God and just say, God, I need you in my life and I want you in my life. You put your faith in God today to realize he put his own son on a cross to die for your sins. So that all of our sin would be moved out of the way and we could come into relationship with God.
God wants you to experience that relationship. We do it by simple words saying, God, I need you. God, I need you. I want to lead you in a simple prayer that just help open your heart to God. So I'm going to ask everybody in the house, just close your eyes for a moment. Everybody pray this prayer right out loud. You don't have to scream it. Everybody right out loud, just pray this prayer. Say, God, I need you. And I want you in my life. So I open my heart to you. Please come into my life today. Forgive me of all my past. Put a new song in my mouth. Give me a brand new future. Open up my heart and my eyes to all that you have for me. And help me to walk with you. From this day forward, you are my father and I am your child because of Jesus. Thank you for loving me. Amen. Can we just right now give God praise together?